Biggest Bad Boys Podcast presents Matt Michaels People I Don't Hate Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on the Biggest Bad Boys Podcasting and today I am joined by one of the hottest young up-and-comers on the West Coast and probably in all of wrestling today, Jordan Cruz. What's up, Jordan, man? Hey, hey, what's going on, man? How's it going? You know, uh... It just kind of uh, still kind of thinking about uh, everything that went on this past uh, weekend. Um, I know that you not only got work out here in uh, in Vegas for the uh, survival of the fittest show, but you also did a little bit of a, a California loop uh, as well. Um, you know, uh, Best of the West and uh, also a Lucha show. And you worked with a couple of the guys we were kind of talking before we started here. Um, you know, Sky High, Nick Sander, uh, just kind of, you know, guys found yourselves doing a loop together unintentionally. Uh, let me ask you, just just in regards to uh, going and running into the same guys, um, you know, over the last couple of years since you've started making your way onto shows, since you've gotten more exposure, since you're getting a lot more experience and you're getting better every time you're out there. How is it for you being able to go into locker rooms and start seeing some of the same faces that you've been seeing around? Does it bring a little more comfortability and and relaxation into knowing that, you know, Hey, this is cool. I'm, I'm getting to know these guys and I'm getting to work with some of these guys. Um, what has that experience been from your perspective as a guy who is not necessarily a young, you know, rookie anymore? You're not green. You're now starting to hit those rungs of, uh, you know, being an experienced guy. And um, how how has that been in terms of your journey? Did you ever think that this would be kind of what you were getting into, man? Excellent question. So starting out, you know, my expectations were almost no expectations. I really didn't know what what to expect going into any type of locker room, uh, beginning my training to be a wrestler uh, or anything like that. Now, you know, fast forwarding to where I am today, anytime um, you enter a locker room and you have that familiar face, uh, you already have some familiarity with the rest of the locker room through that, right? So it certainly adds a level of comfortability um, just knowing somebody else. Because uh, for certain situations where I walk into a locker room where I know absolutely nobody, and it can be uh, very easy to uh, uh, fall to you know some introverted uh, phase and sure. maybe, you know, kind of just sitting in the corner keeping yourself but uh it's very important of course to to, to not do that to try to, to be extroverted to try to network and, and and you know make friends and and get to know everybody in the locker room and um and yeah i've, I've been fortunate enough now uh i've kind of got a nice little um circuit for myself be it you know local shows uh in san diego or championship wrestling from hollywood Arizona Wrestling Federation, of course, FSW, and, and knowing all of those guys and gals, of course, um, 
it, it's great because now I can say, you know, now I've made some 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 pretty close friends there in Vegas. That I get to look forward to every uh, every month or every other month whenever I get the chance to come back out there and see them. Yeah, I think that's a, a very, um, you know, it's such a benefit because um, it, in one way, you know, when you make friends, a lot of times tensions happen because you see the same friends over and over and over. Like, you know, five days a week if you're working with someone or, you know, it, it can be kind of like you get burnt out on each other. Um, happens to rock bands all the time, right? They break up because they get burnt out. But what's cool is you get to, you know, like you said, maybe it's two weeks or maybe it's three weeks or maybe it's a month later. You get to see the guys and you're able to catch up. Or maybe if the guys, you know, happens to be crossing paths with you in uh, in L.A. or San Diego or Arizona, you you know, it's just kind of like a cool little thing to catch up, bullshit, um, you know, play a couple uh, play a couple ribs every once in a while and, you know, have a good time. Uh, you train with B-Boy and B-Boy is probably one of the most respected guys um in the you know the west coast wrestling scene and has been for god 20 years um and i'm sure he probably you know doesn't want to be labeled like that as the the older (laughs) distinguished man he is now but it really is true in terms of the respect that he has what was it that drew you to the school and is there something that you learned from him early on that kind of solidified to you that, hey, you know what? I think this is for me. Um, <clears throat> well, he's he's an excellent trainer, and and, and you you're absolutely right. He uh, he doesn't like talking about himself very much. He is he has that that humility about him luckily for him he has uh students like myself who will hype him up uh, everywhere as i go but um no he, he he's an excellent trainer he's an excellent coach you said it yourself one of the one of the most respected uh on the west coast but you know of course he's not just on the west coast he's wrestled all over oh, the world made a big name for himself czw hall of famer so so you know 23 years in the business and so he has just such a wealth of knowledge and and um what draws him is just is 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 his teachings our conversations uh whether it be at or at our school at level up pro wrestling you know uh teaching us in the ring or me going over to his house to watch uh to watch film uh, or just in general just uh, in the car just uh you know having dinner just talking to him i just take every chance i get to, to just be a sponge and uh, and just absorb just all the words, all the advice, all the knowledge, all the wisdom that he's accumulated, you know, over twenty three years in the business. Yeah, and you know, it's it's funny because um, I mean, B Boy got on my radar when I was at UPW. I knew who he was, um, but shortly there, I think uh, maybe around two thousand and two or two thousand and three. Um, B-Boy was doing stuff for MLW when MLW was just an infant company. Um, so, you know, that that wisdom and that experience, um, you know, to think that you've been trained by him. And then at the same time, you know, you're on shows with guys like Hammerstone who 
you know, are currently MLW royalty. And so it's it's amazing how you're getting the experience of kind of having a gap of the, you know, the bridge here to, you know, the past and the present. And you are now making your way as part of that future. When you first got in front of live audiences, what was your most difficult thing that you discovered in terms of taking it from the schooling to being in front of a crowd? Well, I, I think the big thing is, um, and one of the tougher things to overcome at the beginning stage of the pandemic last year when I, uh, I did a lot of wrestling in front of no crowd, um, you get used to that, uh, that adrenaline rush that you get from the fans. It's not from the entrance song or the walk down the ring or the gear and the fancy lights uh, uh, or all of that. Like, like that plays a part, but it's also the, the energy and the, the, um, the presence that the fans provide. Sure. Um, it certainly takes a lot of getting used to though. Um, yeah. Um, it's just one of those things. Uh, first getting started, I, uh, I definitely had to get used to the feeling that adrenaline and handling it because obviously in training, there's no pressure. There's no, uh, there's no audience. I like, if you make a mistake, if you slip up, uh, who cares, you know, but on game day, so to speak, it's kind of a different story. Um, but at the end of the day, you just have to remember that, you know, it's still the same three ropes, still four corners. There's still the same canvas, you know, uh, it, the movements, the transitions, the holds, the, 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 you know, the strikes, it's the same, whether there's a person there or not watching. Right. I think that's, you know, that's something that, you know, I think that that extra adrenaline kind of also, um, prepares you for the fact that you start getting more comfortable in that feeling. And, and not to take it for granted, but, you know, knowing that the first couple times out, the crowd is, you're just kind of feeling your way around what the reactions of a crowd are. But once you start to get to know that feeling and that adrenaline rush coming with it, and now you start to know how you get to play that audience, you can feel when the crowd is giving you that certain energy where you might even be able to you know, start calling things on the fly because of the reactions going on. I think that that is something that you can start seeing a little bit in your development where I think you're becoming more comfortable in being able to deliver in what you're feeling around you and not just, you know, sticking to like, hey, this is, we got to do this, we got to hit this, we got to hit that. Um, do you think that when you look at that psychology of wrestling and adding that condition of the fans in that that is something that you're finding very enjoyable on this journey and do you ever you know look at yourself and go you know you're a good looking guy you got the youth a lot of times you're going to be looked at as the baby do you look at it as like, hey, man, you know, I just want to play with 
I don't care if I'm a, a face or a heel. I just want to play with that moment and what we're creating in the ring at that particular time. Yeah, I um, I don't really care what I am either way necessarily um, as far as if I'm playing the face role, the heel role. I just like telling the story in the ring. Uh, and it certainly takes getting used to with the fans because also, uh, in the very beginning, the fans don't know who you are. Uh, and so you have to win them over one way or the other way. Right. Right. Uh, they, you know, especially depending on the audience, uh, they, they, you know, some fans are a little bit tougher on people. Right. And, uh, won't necessarily give them that reaction as easily. So when you come out and you kind of hear crickets, uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a challenge to overcome. So for yeah. me, it's all about finding uh, finding that outcome or figuring out what the outcome is, the desired outcome as 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 you know the wrestlers and right. the match itself, and then telling the the story and doing the necessary uh, things that'll get you there. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's a very good. I I love that that idea. Finding the necessary things that will get you there. That is like that is showing where you are now. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. Do, do you think that two years ago you would have been able to make that statement, or were you still feeling that you were still that green? Where it's just like, yeah, I wouldn't have conceived that at that time. I think two years ago, I thought I knew what I was doing, uh, but I, 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 I look at it. I look at it like this: like this, this applies to wrestling, and this applies to real life too. Like I thought I had it all figured out at 17 years old, you know, still living at my mom's house, still going to high school, right? And then sure. now, you know, me 24 at 17, I didn't have a clue, right? It's the same thing, um, you know. I, I'm, I just. Uh, this month made four years uh, that I started training. Uh, so you're right. I'm not, you know, the, the, the rookie anymore. Uh, I definitely know a lot more than I did two years ago. And I can only hope that I, on year six, I'll look at year four of me and be like, damn, I didn't know what was going on then either. Right. It's just constant uh, yeah. growth and constant de- development and evolving. Cause the day that, you know, that you stop learning uh, about wrestling is probably the day you should just uh, hang the boots up. Oh yeah, I think that's that's a very true statement. Um, and you know, I'm just kind of looking over some of the um, the guys that you had matches with a little bit early on, and you know, names that stick out to me: Ricky Mandel and Sledge, um, Douglas James, uh, Cole Cabana, <laughs> of course, Dirty Ron. You know, this is all. In 2018, this is all when you're still really, really fresh. Did it, did having those guys in the ring with you, um, and working with uh, you know places like Fist and um, and also you know the showcases that that B Boy um, presents, did that help you in having basically a you, you already got the solid foundation and learning. But now you kind of have a safety net in working guys that are able to give you a little comfort and knowing that, hey, if I do fuck up, 
I'm going to learn how to cover the fuck-ups because you have guys who are able to pick it up right like that and go, you know, hey, it's cool, we got you. Um, did that kind of feeling kind of come into your early matches that, you know, you could be, you could dare to suck, basically. You could go out there and if you fell flat on your face, it wouldn't be a big deal because these guys wouldn't let you fail. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think I was so, you know, you know, of course, you don't want to go out there and, and, and screw up and make a bunch of mistakes, right. especially especially that early on, right? You know, your, your confidence as a wrestler and, and your rookie phase, I'm not saying it's necessarily low. I'm not saying, and I can't speak for everyone, but, but you know, you're, you're still learning how to build that confidence up as a wrestler, uh, especially that first year in. So, um I would say it's more so having those guys to lean on um, sure. that, that, you know, I wasn't put in a position necessarily where I had to like make up, make the decisions and, and figure things out. If things were going, going awry, uh, uh, you have to learn how to do that over right. time. And I, you know, I, I'm figuring it out. I still have a lot of, uh, of growth. Right. Um, but but back then, yeah, no, I could definitely just just kind of lean on them and trust them to take the lead. I was I was fortunate enough to be put in the ring uh, very early on um, with a lot of veterans. Like like you mentioned, Sledge was my first singles match, and then uh, Ricky Mandel who helped train me. Uh, SoCal Crazy, I'll give credit to him as well sure. for helping train me. You, you mentioned a lot of other guys, Douglas James. Yeah, Dirty Dirty Ron gave me a shot early on. Um, <clears throat> Yes, of course. Uh, B boy gave me a lot of opportunities, uh, and is still giving me plenty of opportunities to this day. Very grateful for that as well. Um, yeah, it, it, it all it, it all played a part for sure. And one of your first, I think, one of your first um, heavyweight title matches was four fist against Danny Limelight. Do you kind of right. do you kind of see? You know, Danny's had an interesting journey, um, and I think, do, do you kind of see a parallel in yourself, maybe where Danny was five years ago or so, four or five years ago, to kind of where, you know, you are now, in terms of that, um, that same type of, because I really feel that a lot of what Danny has, that's something that he's developed and I think that's that's something that you're starting to develop you're starting to find you know some of that charisma you're starting to find some of that skill in the ring that you know three or four years from now you're definitely going to be in a position where you know we're kind of seeing Danny in now um is that fair to say that that's kind of a, a decent comparison in terms of you know what you felt in terms of working him and, you know, having seen what he's been able to accomplish. That's it. That is an interesting comparison, especially, uh, you know, talking about our wrestling styles, there's certainly, uh, there's certainly some differences like, uh, in terms of athleticism, you know, he's more, um, in the air and I'm more on the ground. Sure. But, um, <clears throat> But but working with him early on, and actually I I, I wrestled him this year 
uh, for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Right. Uh, it didn't air. So um, at some point, you know, I, I hope that gets out there because I was very happy with how that went. Uh, what, what I liked was seeing the growth from that first match from uh, where, where, again, I kind of had to lean on him to that to, to that match today uh, or this past year, rather uh, seeing, you know, seeing both of our growth, but more specifically my growth, because he was already good. I'm just starting to get to the point where people are starting to uh, talk about me uh, more this year. So um, I certainly hope to get to where he's gone, where he's already been. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and he's one of those guys who every time I see him, he takes the time uh, to pull me aside and, and help me out. So I, I I definitely hope to be, you know, continue to compare to him in terms, especially in terms of uh, of his drive and his commitment. I would, I would go as far to say um, he and I have very similar uh, drives and determination, especially coming out of COVID and coming out of the pandemic. I mean, nobody knew who I was. Like, yeah. gotta keep it real. Not, not a soul knew who I was before the pandemic, and then now, kind of coming out of the pandemic. Um, a lot more people know who I am. Yeah, and and you know, going along those lines of thinking, um, when was the point that you were able to um, start hooking up with uh, Dave Marquez? When did Championship Wrestling from Hollywood uh, start uh, taking an interest in you? Was it at the beginning of the pandemic, or was it right before that time? So it was uh, a a little bit a little bit after or, or kind of more in the meat of uh, of the pandemic. Um, I already had worked not not for Hollywood, but I had already you know I already knew David Marquez, and um, I did ring crew for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood early on and sure. things like that. So uh, the, the guys. Uh, already mostly knew who I was also from, you know, working with B boy or, you know, when I, when I started at SoCal pro. So a lot of the people already knew that, that I, I wrestled, that I trained everything like that. Um, it, actually getting the opportunity, it didn't start until primetime live. Sure. So, um, I got an opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, David Marquez messaged me, asked me if I was available for the very first episode of primetime live. Uh, and I jumped on that chance and I got to wrestle, uh, Chris Dickinson. Right. And then that same day, uh, they also taped an episode of the NWA, uh, shockwave. And I also had the opportunity to wrestle Eli Drake. So on the same day I wrestled the, the, the single two biggest matches of, uh, of my whole career. So that was definitely a, a very nerve wracking, uh, day for me. But um, I, I did enough. Uh, I, I did my absolute best. And, and, and whatever I did, um, David Marquez, as well as Aaron Stevens, uh, Nick Bonanno, uh, yeah. they, they saw something in me. And they kept bringing me back. And I kept impressing and um, kept doing, just doing what I was told uh, to the best of my ability. And, and it led me all the way to uh to today yeah which which is a hollywood heritage championship title man which is you know nothing to sneeze at that's you know a great honor to have 
Um, how important has uh, uh, Nick and Aaron been in you kind of learning the ins and outs of television tapings and and the booking and you know what goes on backstage and how things can you know one one minute be one way and then within five minutes totally change like how is that experience and seasoning you uh been in terms of having those guys around you and and also the rest of that crew at championship wrestling um you know does such a wonderful job in terms of the production and you know giving a chance for you guys to actually kind of see what's going on and not just be like you know hey go out there and wrestle and then you're done right right no they've been they've been amazing for me and for for my growth and and the big thing has been honestly just just giving me a chance to go out there uh and, and you know let me letting me fail or letting me succeed um and 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 you know i'd say more you know more often than not i, I i've succeeded then failed up there and, and that's why they're they keep giving me keep giving me these opportunities but no they, they they've been huge but just letting me go out there and just just doing what i do and um and, and then directing me either way after you know after that happens but just letting me just get as much experience as possible has been absolutely huge for me um in terms of coming out to Vegas and getting the shot at FSW, who was the gateway to you meeting Joe DeFalco? I um, I emailed him directly, actually. And um, this was during the time when they were doing the Future Stars Talent Initiative. Sure. And I was one of the very first ones... Um, on that talent initiative so i just i just sent him uh, a personal email with all my information did the normal the normal resume thing that wrestlers do when they're hitting up uh promoters and um i was lucky enough that that who who whoever he talked to um in vegas that that, that knew me from california uh, uh put me over right and, and yeah. said that I was good, and he gave me a chance. And uh, and again, he uh, he keeps bringing me back. So you know, I take that as a positive sign that I'm that I, I, I'm doing something correct. And and not only does he keep you know bringing you back, which is like you said, that's you're doing stuff correct. But I'll go one step further and say that there's you know when I talk to Joe and do the Defalco files. Um, Joe will, you know, bring up certain names time and time again, um, that he's excited about, like, you know, that's the thing. And all of a sudden, I think when you first showed up and you wrestled for the first time in front, you know, in front of him, he, from that point on had your name on the tip of his tongue because he really will say, you know, amongst that talented crew of people that is wrestling at FSW, Jordan Cruz always comes up. And I think that says a lot, especially, you know, for you doing exactly what every single, you know, person who wants to work, 
submitting that stuff blindly to hopefully get that chance and you impress them enough to get that you know that not only that chance but that um that look from him of like hey you know as if i can use this guy for as long as i can use him i will um which is saying a lot because of the fact that you know guys like eli drake and you know brian cage they you know went about the same way of of working for joe and um you know and and becoming you know names that joe just absolutely ended up adoring uh do you think when you come to vegas and you have the opportunity to wrestle in front of the vegas crowd that you see that the fans are very engaged um in terms of a the wrestlers that they get to know um and b how hard was it for you to kind of start breaking that ice and becoming more of a regular face where the fans are starting to accept you more as someone that they're seeing more on a regular basis? I think, um, and, and I mean this in a, in a positive way, the fans at FSW and Vegas in general are, 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 are very, are very critical. Because uh, because they they have high expectations because FSW has high expectations when you when, when you go and you work for a a company like FSW like I said the expectations are high you know there's a lot of very high caliber very high highly talented capable wrestlers uh, um, across that roster uh, and and whether it be the alumni section or, or currently wrestling for them still. Um, so, so when you come in they're good, you're getting judged by eyes who have seen some, some, some good wrestling. Yeah. So, um, it, 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 it took a couple times. I do think for me to, um, ingratiate my, myself with those fans, not that they were harder. I mean, not that they, you know, hated me or were giving me a hard time, but I just think that seeing that consistency, and and the effort and the drive, and then yeah, you get, get uh, showing up and, and, and putting out and becoming a familiar face. And now I, I I come out and I do feel I do feel the support uh, uh, from the fans every time I come out. And I you know I think it's a mixture a mixture of getting to know them, um, uh, interacting, and of course the, the the work I'm putting in in the ring. Yeah, I think that, and that's you know, it's easy. If you would have just, you know, some people just stay in their their comfort zone. So if you would have just stayed in San Diego or stayed in San Diego and L.A., that Southern California area, in your early development, you know, within the first five years of your career, that might give you comfort, but that's not expanding the base. And I think that, you know, taking that leap in faith, faith in yourself to then go in front of crowds who have never seen you before and work hard enough and well enough to then be invited back and invited back and now the fans start accepting you as someone like you said they're they're very critical because you you look at all the talent around you and that's that's what the the fan base does is they you know 
they will let you know if they are not buying your stuff. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's really, um, it's really nice to see that you've integrated yourself very well out here. Now, let me ask you in 2019, you had uh, a chance to uh, take part in the Young Lions Cup. Um, what was that experience like for you in terms of, you know, it being at that point, it's uh, what, July of 2019? So, you know, we're a year away from the pandemic or, or just under a year away from the pandemic. And you're about a, what, about a year and a half or so into, um, you know, doing live matches and, and getting that experience. Was that something that you felt was a, a great experience for you? Or was that kind of nerve wracking, um, you know, to go into something that, you know, gets a, a, a lot of respect in, in Southern California? It was, um, it was certainly a challenge. Uh, it was a great experience. Um, everyone there and, and it, that, that put on the event from Sparky, Sparky Ballard to Marcus Mack, uh, and at Rick, uh, Rick Luxury and everyone in between, they did a phenomenal job. Um, <clears throat> so that it, the the challenge was was that while yes, uh, I, I was about a year and a half in. I also uh, at the time because it was actually uh, more later on in the year. I think it happened in December okay. of, of 2019, and. Uh, 2019 I, I i didn't wrestle for almost the entire year because i was deployed so i got deployed in i believe uh it was march or april of 2019 um and i was gone until november of 2019 so very early on uh in my career there was a lot of reps that i definitely needed in those sure. months that i did not get and i i came back and a month later, um, I, I got thrown into the Young Lions Cup, right? Uh, with where, oh, so many, so many talented, talented guys that were in that class alone, from Alpha Zoe to Daniel Garcia yeah. to Preston Vance, better known now as uh, Dark Orders number 10, yeah. who he was the guy that I worked with, Titus Alexander, who won the whole thing, Viva Van, uh, yeah. myself. So yeah, so many talented, uh, talented wrestlers in there. Um, I was proud of my performance, considering I had t taken seven months off and was only a month back. Uh, I, I certainly wish that I could uh, get a redo. Not that, not because I think it was it went poorly, but because I know uh, how much I progressed and improved. So like, if I could have a match with uh with with preston vance now yeah. you know i just know how much better it would it would be uh so so but that's always the cool thing too is uh working with guys i worked with early on and then getting the chance to wrestle them uh later on and seeing seeing just seeing the growth uh in those performances is always uh rewarding sure um you know when you talk about being deployed um how much, uh, I guess, twofold, how much, you know, did that um, interfere, and interfere is kind of a bad word, but with your progress that you were already making, you know, how much of setback was that? 
And does that experience um, also help you in terms of how you were able to um, how you're able to listen and understand and execute what you're being asked to do? I won't say that it, it, it hindered me, but it just it, it's like pressing the pause button sure. uh, on the DVR and then, you know, uh, on a movie and then turning it back on six months later. Uh, you, you, you might have forgot the whole plot from the first half of the movie that you watched. Right. right. So um, <clears throat> it, it's just one of those things where. You know, I can't complain. It's the it's the card I I had to play at the time. That was what my hand was. Um, and I, you know, I don't regret it. I, I was glad to have you know served for five years. Uh, I was glad and grateful to 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 get that deployment. Right. Um, certainly, I wanted to stay and 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 wrestle and train and get better. But. Um, that, that deployment also taught me uh, a great deal as well um, about myself, about what I can handle uh, from a physical and mental standpoint, uh, um, patience, and, and because obviously, you know, a big thought is, you know, wanting to go home. And uh, so, so I, 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 I certainly learned a lot, and I definitely think that my time uh, in the military helped me, you know, helped me from a maturity standpoint, and also from it from a listening standpoint, and, and, and listening to the, the the veterans in the wrestling locker room, and, and taking feedback, and not getting you know upset or or, or you know or, or butt hurt, if you will. I. I at people who are just trying to help me improve. Yeah. Um, now, this is a, a question I ask because of the fact that a lot of times, um, you know, guys will um, will serve and then start their wrestling training and, you know, start pursuing it as a professional when they get back. Was there any knowledge amongst, you know, anyone that you worked with um in the military that that knew that you were uh striving to be a professional wrestler that at any did at any point did that ever come up with uh with any of the guys oh it certainly did uh i i have a hard time shutting my mouth <laughs> of, uh about wrestling uh i i i live this stuff man i constantly talking about it um so so yeah, I always talked about it with with uh, the you know the people in my team uh, or in my unit you know people that I served with right it, it constantly come up so yeah my whole my whole command knew that I was a wrestler uh, they all they all knew Jordan Cruz uh, a handful of times came watch my shows in fact wow so uh, awesome they were they were all they were all very supportive for the most part. Um, and, and I was very appreciative of that. They they gave me a lot of uh, a lot of leadway uh, with getting getting the training and, and things like that. Like of, co- of course I served, I still had to do you know my duties and stuff. But I was also able to go and they were able to let let me go train. And of course on the weekends go go to shows and and and, and live the wrestling life at the same time. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm assuming uh, with that, were you stationed um, in San Diego? Was that how you I were was... able to, or? Yeah. So uh, that's the that's the, the whole reason I'm even in San Diego is because of that. Yeah. Um, I, I I'm billed from Lafayette, Louisiana, and that's because that's where I'm actually from. I didn't. Just... randomly from there um i uh got stationed at camp pendleton which is about 45 minutes north of uh san diego and uh that's where i uh that's where where i ended up i started training about a year after i got to california and uh and things like that i um yeah, I started training. I started training at SoCal Pro Wrestling, which was only like a 30-minute drive. Right. Uh, and then, then eventually started uh, moving down to level up. Uh, now I live in San Diego, and instead of taking, you know, three hours or whatever with traffic, it's now a 10-minute drive for me to get to level up. So a lot of, I pretty much live at that school now. And, and that is, uh, you know, being a, a SoCal resident for 20 years myself, and driving from Burbank out to like Huntington beach, um, to train, you don't realize <laughs> that you're going to be in a car every single time you go for two to three hours and to actually get out of the car then, and then to start stretching and then go through to class. And that's when you realize when the class is over, Oh shit. Yeah. I still got like an hour drive back now. <laughs> You know, so it it, yeah. it it shows a lot of dedication. You know, I don't I don't think a lot of people, you know, really understand or comprehend that when you're in Southern California, that really is kind of you have to be passionate about wanting to wrestle because of the fact that there is a lot of sitting in the car time and whether it be going to training or driving to, you know, to gigs um, you know, it spends a lot of time in the car. Um, have you found, uh, traveling partners, uh, throughout the years that you enjoy, you know, sharing a car ride with and, you know, having uh, a little, little, uh, pool of money to kind of cover the costs of, uh, you know, what it takes to get around, uh, that vast area of Southern California, let alone coming out, you know, to uh, Vegas or Arizona. Oh, certainly. I, uh, that's a, a lot of the reason that I'm, I wrestle the places I wrestle is because very early on, um, I, I was told you got to do the drives. You got to make it down. You got to show up. You know, it, it's all, it's all stuff that's, that sounds cliche, but it's very true. And so very early on, I always hopped in the car. Anytime anybody was leaving, um, to go to LA or Arizona or, or, or wherever I, I, I tried to get in and go. And, um, and yeah, now that I'm kind of doing these drives on my own, I always try to, uh, to bring people along myself and, uh, and yeah, have a ton of, a uh, ton of good riding partners. Uh, mostly the guys that level up, um, they're, they're, they're really good about, about, coming with me and, and showing up and, and, and doing the right things. Like uh, J2 Mattioli, Hunter Freeman, uh, Michael Hopkins, and and there's a lot of lot more names coming out of there that they just they just need some opportunities. Yeah. 
but uh, you'll be hearing about them as well soon. And I, I love that about the way you just phrased that is because one of the things that I think that um, especially younger guys who kind of have that little maybe insecurity about like, hey, I'm trying to make it. Why would I want to put over other guys to, you know, you know, to other promoters and, and whatnot? And I think just even you mentioning and saying that, like, you're going to be hearing a lot more names coming out of the school. I think that just shows where your head is. And I think that, you know, that's a lot more maturity on your end um, than a lot of, you know, kids your age who are all about the, uh, hey, there's four or five of us. We are the ones who we think we're so good, and that's it. We we're not gonna put you over. We're not gonna you know we're not gonna do this or that or the other. We're in it for ourselves, and I think that that shows uh, again you know the way you've been able to listen and absorb, and I think that that is a pathway to getting to that next level where you're trying to you know wrestle uh you know a guy like vance again but now for AEW, you know and i think that that's that's really exciting to hear when you were growing up was wrestling something that you put any kind of focus into or did you find it at a later age what was your you know your general flirtation with the wrestling world that got you interested in getting into the ring uh, like like most people, I've I, I pretty much always loved it. Almost my entire life, I I, I watched it, uh, and I just never felt out of love with it like some people do. You know, sure. I remember growing up, every kid in school watched wrestling, right? And then slowly over time, one person falls out of it, one person watches something else, some guy gets into something else. Um, I, I wrestling was always the the number one for me um and, and sure i found other interests i got into sports i mean i played football uh, I, I did a lot of i did a lot of other things uh joined the military for uh for crying out loud but um it was always deep down what i knew i wanted to do um uh, that's why everything else i've i've done or ventured out into i've uh, it, wrestling always is something that i I end up going, you know, going back to not that I've left wrestling, but like, sure, you know, joining the military. I, I still ended up starting to train, right? So, um, I knew it from an early age that, that this was the, the the dream job, and uh, I I did a lot of things to position myself to do to, to, to go that way. I, I I've been watching, you know, watching film for wrestling is nothing new to me. Like, uh, you know. I'd be watching, you know, old school wrestling uh, in high school, just looking looking stuff up on YouTube. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so so, I love to watch. I love to, to to do so. So you know, growing up, I would do that. Uh, I started hitting the gym, uh, of course, for sports. And a lot of times, I didn't have a choice but to work out. Sure. But uh, that was part of it as well. Um, I used to buy. Uh, tapes from the uh the wwa4 i'll give them a shout out in georgia okay. uh, they used to have these tapes 
where they would put out, they'd show you how to, uh, how to do wrestling moves. And I remember I bought like this, like eight disc set or whatever, uh, got it, got my mom to buy it for me or whatever. And, and I watched that and they were, you know, this is how you lock up. This is how you scoop slam. This is how you take the wrist lock, you know? So I've, I've always been passionate about it. And so, you know, now that I have the opportunity to do it, I, you know, certainly haven't lost that. Sure. And uh, that's exciting too. Um, I think that, you know, anytime you go into a profession and I think that that's the key word is, when you want to become a professional at it you need to have a knowledge a working knowledge of things that have come before you not necessarily just things that you like to see you know and i think that that kind of gets lost sometimes where you know some some people will just be bored to death uh you know watching some stuff from like WCCW in Texas back in the 80s, right? Um, they just can't comprehend why, you know, why would I watch this? I mean, yeah, okay, the Von Erics are legendary, but, you know, eh, you look at it, it's like it's not, they're not doing, you know, the same stuff that I'm used to seeing now. For you, when you've... And, and this is kind of a, a weird thought, but when you were watching wrestling all those years, do you think you realized how much you were absorbing from the stories you were actually seeing? So that now it translates for you where you could watch something and now you can break it down a little bit easier because that was something that was almost second nature to you not knowing it back then. Yeah, so watching things now or, or you know, re-watching things that, you know, I remember watching, like, whether it be as a kid, uh, you know, watching it live or replay or whatever, um, it's it's like watching it through a new lens. It's basically watching stuff for the first time again um, because watching, it as, watching wrestling as a fan and watching wrestling as a wrestler uh, – it quite simply is a completely different beast because when you're watching something as a fan, you know, you just, it is not, 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 not a fan's fault or anything, but you just don't know because you haven't been in that situation. Right. right? So watching, um, like, you, you know, for example, somebody kind of, you know, slipping up maybe, uh, you know, whether they be a legend or not, because it happens to everyone. Yeah. Um, as a as a as a as a wrestler now, I can put myself in the scenario that's ongoing, and and, and I can understand, like, oh, that's why that happened, right? Uh, or this, oh, this to a fan wouldn't I would wouldn't notice this, but I noticed this, but they did a good job of covering it up and fixing it so so yeah it's it's a it's a whole different ball game uh watching it now it's kind of hard sometimes to turn off the wrestler brain and just be a fan <laughs> when watching wrestling on a, on occasion kind of uh sometimes it's kind of unfortunate <laughs> no that's that is i mean and and truthfully man 
that's that's great to hear you say because i think that in some ways i think that either sometimes guys don't pay enough attention to wrestling as the art form and as you know what you're trying to absorb and continue to learn um so some some guys even though they wrestle they just can watch something as a fan and usually you know they're just they're just not as passionate about it but i think too when you have a military background when you have a sports background i think that you tend to take things in and maybe a little bit of a different manner where you where now you are processing things you know unlike someone who doesn't have that experience and you know just wants to be a wrestler and have fun your mindset is if i want to get better this is how i continue to learn and i think that's very important and that's something that don't ever lose that if you lose that passion about it then you're probably now ready to you know do something else uh you know in the industry maybe be a teacher or something like that um so that's really good to hear that you have trouble turning it off because you should be seeing things in matches that is totally blind for the layman eye and i think that's that's amazing that you're saying that and keeping in context how young you still are in your life that is you know that's exciting to me because that shows oh shit man jordan cruz not only going to be around as a wrestler for the next 20 years he's going to be someone who's going to be an influential person within the next 20 years of his professional career so that's something that man i you know and i think like you said too having b-boy you know come on over to the house sit down we'll watch stuff together that type of stuff a lot of trainers don't do and i think that you know in your case you're reaping the benefits even though you know you the time you're going to become a fan again is when you are at the point in your life where you have kids getting into it and now you're you're watching your kids watch it as a fan again and then you're gonna start oh yeah man i get it yeah i remember what it was like to you know um and along those lines what was your first live show attended as a fan my first live show as a fan i went to a smackdown um yeah, yeah. My my. So my my mom, God bless her. She um, she just doesn't get wrestling. She she tries and she watches me, but she just it's just not her thing, sure. and that's okay. But my uh, my aunt and my grandpa are huge wrestling fans, and so the they are who I watch wrestling with, and so they they would take me to the shows and do all that stuff. So yeah, I went to a uh, I went to a SmackDown. It was they were they were still it was Friday night SmackDown, but they were still taping them on Tuesdays yeah. uh, at the time. And so that that's what uh that's where I went. And um, who is who is there? 
I just remember because my two favorite wrestlers at the time were uh, my favorite wrestler of all time is Rey Mysterio. Uh, fitting that uh, of where I live now, yeah. but uh, growing up, he was, always was my uh, my number one most favorite, and uh, and I loved Edge, sure. and uh, they were they they were both on that night. They 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 teamed up that night, so it was very. <laughs> <laughs> I was a happy camper uh, at that one. No, that's you know it's it's interesting you you say that because I can remember the first time I walked into the Rosemont Horizon in uh, 1986. It was right before WrestleMania two, and um, it was a house show. And the coolest thing that still is in my mind is at that time the house show lighting was still dark around the the uh, the crowd. And so you literally have this ring in the middle of this gigantic arena, especially when you're a kid. Everything just seems so much bigger. And here's the light coming down on this ring. And in the middle of this ring is Hillbilly Jim and King Kong Bundy. And just your mind just explodes because, like I said, you're in this huge arena. But yet the biggest things in the arena are those two single guys and it was just like it was the revelation it was like oh man i really like this i really i really get this now you know it's one thing to watch it on tv it's you know it's fun and you you know your friends or siblings you can wrestle around with while you're watching wrestling but that first moment you walk in you smell that smell of the you know the concessions and and Rosemont Horizon had, because it was, a, it wasn't too old, but it was a fairly used arena. It um, it had that smell of urine. That you know you get that like that's you know and so you start taking these things in as a kid, and I think that as you grow as a person, that stuff kind of sticks with you, and I I love the fact that. Here you are, your first live event. You get to see your two favorites teaming together. That's, I mean, that really doesn't necessarily happen to a lot of kids. A lot of kids, you know, maybe see the local show or, you know, or maybe in this day and age get their uh, their feelings hurt because their parents got tickets to Raw, but their favorite wrestlers are on SmackDown, you know? So it, it's great that you had that experience. Um what was the reaction of your mom when you said, "Hey, I want to pursue this"? I, I wasn't. I don't think she quite understood just how serious I was. Sure. It wasn't that she was not supportive. She's she's always been supportive, whatever wherever it is that I do, but. Uh, I, I just don't think she grasped or, or understood how, how far like I was ready to dive into this thing, and uh, and of course of course now she definitely definitely does understand that. But uh, I think also you know she she was she was supportive and and she wanted to see me achieve you know the, to the best of my abilities, sure. um, and so and, and yeah. <laughs> Uh, did when you won the Hollywood Heritage title, 
what was the the point after you won it what was the first time that you expressed to your mom hey guess what i'm a champion i um i didn't tell her because obviously hollywood is uh it, it is taped right and so um i had to keep that to myself for a solid like three three weeks four weeks maybe and that, that was very difficult <laughs> But, um, no, I just, I, I didn't tell her anything. I just, uh, I told her that, Hey, this episode, you might want to tune in. <laughs> and that was the only, only, uh, only indication I gave her, uh, and just let, let her kind of, uh, uh, experience it or whatever for herself. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, you know, cause being someone who's been around entertainment, you know, we we tape shit all the time, and it's like, you know, you're not supposed to say anything, but you know, of course, it's like, oh, okay, I gotta, I, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't hold my tongue this right. much longer, you know. So that's cool that you, you know, you you allowed her to have that uh, that opportunity to actually have that emotion for the first time herself, and I think that's that's really cool, man. Um, when do you see yourself? over the last few years and see where you are now what do you see yourself um achieving let's say within now the next two to three years of your career what are some of your aspirations that you want to accomplish oh wow yeah well i uh i certainly have high expectations of myself and, 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 and high aspirations going forward by my, my uh, this is what I want to do. This is the only thing, quite frankly, that I want to do. Um, so, you know, obviously I want to be signed at some point. I'm not rushing sure. by any means, you know what I mean? And I, you know, I'm not trying to set myself up for disappointment if that for whatever reason never does happen, but that's certainly a top goal of mine. Um, to continue to develop myself and my skills because uh, like I said like you, you, you know I've improved a lot I still have a lot more improvements that I want to do so I still want to get better as a wrestler be the best possible wrestler that I can be um, I, I want to go to Japan uh, I want to wrestle overseas that's that's one of the the biggest goals of my my career that I absolutely have to do. I have to get out there to Japan. That's the the wrestling that I most uh, relate to. That's the that's sure. the thing that I probably that I am the biggest fan of. That's the that's the wrestling where I I will say that I kind of probably will turn my uh, wrestler cap off a little bit and just watch as a fan. Um, yeah. yeah, I got such a love for '90s All Japan and Noah. Uh, I could talk for days, but, um, yeah, those are probably, probably the top things in my list, uh, wrestle for, uh, more nationally televised. Like I got, I was able to, uh, be on NWA shockwave. I want to be on NWA again, or, you know, any company, uh, impact ring of honor, of course, all elite, of course, the WWE, you know, I get everywhere as I can really. Sure. Um, and 
have you been able to um have you had the opportunity to uh do anything with uh new japan's dojo in l a uh not yet unfortunately i i know a few of the guys there uh, uh d k c still a good friend and he's doing great things and he's yep. only going to continue to to uh rise up of course uh clark connors uh carl fredericks there's a lot of yeah. alex coughlin some great great workers and wrestlers uh in that dojo i haven't been there yet uh certainly a place i'd like to be and and, and would aspire to 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 go to uh down the road whenever that opportunity is able to present itself yeah, I think that that you know, especially with your your love of you know the Japanese style, um, hopefully that door does open up to you. And boy, uh, be kind of fun to see you and Carl Fredericks team. I think that uh, that would be a pretty brutal tag team, man. <laughs> uh, team up or or face off? Face either off. way, yeah. I'm very happy. Um, as we wrap up here is there one match right now that stands out to you as um, the match so far that you're most proud of oh wow Um, it's going to be hard to pick just one Um, because a lot of them I'm very proud of for different reasons Um, my match this past Sunday because I didn't even know that I was wrestling him, to be honest with you. But I I had the opportunity to wrestle Davey Richards, uh, nice. and and you know, legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. And I was able to hang in there with him, so I'm very proud of myself uh, and proud of that. And, and as far as a confidence booster for for myself, um, very happy of my match with Michael Hopkins. Uh, I, I we kind of well. We're uh, we're married in wrestling. We'll, we'll we'll wrestle for each other forever. But uh, we had a, a a trilogy of matches uh, culminated in a two out of three falls match. Uh, that was the first time I did that. That was the first time that I wrestled thirty minutes, and uh, so I'm very proud of of that one and what he and I were able to accomplish uh, in those matches and and in that match itself. Um, I would put my match with Chris Dickinson up there as uh, just for that was the first that was my first TV experience at all. I, I, I and I was thrust in there with one of the top names in independent wrestling. Yeah. Um, my match with Richie Slade, where I won the Hollywood Heritage Championship, and the culmination of uh, of the hard work that I put in that went into that. So. You know, I know that wasn't one match. I probably named four matches just there, but uh, those are the matches that first first come up to mind. No, and it's, you know what? That's and I think that's you you nailed it. And that is that it's it really is. It's a loaded question because you know you you know as a performer that there are different circumstances that revolve around everything that you're doing so you are going to you know really like certain things 
because of those circumstances. And, you know, it, it really is like, you know, I'm, I'm sure, like, could you imagine, like, uh, asking, you know, The Undertaker, hey, what was your favorite match? And I'm sure Mark has a, you know, a match that he says, but, you know, for, for a guy who's wrestled that long, it's got to be, you know, impossible to even think of, you know, well, what is my favorite match? Because, hey, man, this was great because of this associated with it. And I think that you're on the right track, man. You are, you know, you are doing everything in your power to make it to that next level. And I think that is the most encouraging thing in terms of seeing you grow is that you you have that fire because like you said this is it this is what you want to do for the rest of your life and i think that that is one of the uh, most admirable things to you know be able to know this is something that makes me happy this is something that makes me uh challenge myself and you're not just in it because you want to be famous, you know, or you want to be, you know, the the talk of the town in, you know, Boise, Idaho. <laughs> so I think right. that, you know, it's it's awesome to hear, you know, you speak of it with such respect and such love that what you're giving to the business is a, a literal... Um, thank you for what the business has given you in terms of, you know, being able to find that love as, you know, a kid growing up. Um, a lot of times people don't get that opportunity to explore that field of something that made them so happy as as a kid. And, um, and you, you stuck through it in terms of that rough period where, you know, yeah, you'll try sports or, you know, how many guys get out of wrestling because um, <laughs> it's not the uh, coolest thing to tell a, a girl, like, hey, I like wrestling. And it's like, where are you going? <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, so it's 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 very exciting to see what your your passion and your love for the business is. And um, man, I, you know when you think of the opportunities you've had so far and what is down the road for you, man, it's, it's just exciting to, to know that fans are going to be able to follow this journey with you. Um, especially getting in on knowing who you are now. Um, so people who might be listening, who haven't, uh, been able to, you know, uh, get to know you yet, haven't, um, seen any of your, your stuff, what is your social media handles? How can they follow you um, to to uh, get to know what you're doing and where you'll be? Okay, well, you can find me on all the social media platforms. Uh, Facebook, Jordan Cruz is the name. Go ahead and add me. Uh, Instagram and Twitter at Jordan Cruz Pro. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'll also... If you don't mind, give a quick shout out to Level Up Pro Wrestling. If there's any fans in San Diego who want to check out some stuff, we got uh, tons of great content on both IWTV 
as well as Level Up, as well as we have live shows uh, every month. So go check out Level Up Pro Wrestling. And I think that I'm, I'm glad you said that because, again, um, it, you know, it, it tugs at my heartstrings, you know, to to um, to know that you're in such good hands in in you know Level Up, which is you know one of the the majors out here on the west coast man and i think that anyone who's listening who you know might have kids if you're in the san diego area um you know take the kids out to level up to see uh jordan wrestle because you're not going to get a better experience um you know down in san diego than than level up however i will say close second is fist so i want to put fist out too um, but, um, there, there's a lot to see and, um, you know, eventually if, uh, you know, if kids start, start looking up to you, like you looked up to Edge and, and Rey Mysterio, um, man, you, you're usher, you're going to be ushering in a new foundation for, you know, people that you're going to be wrestling in 10 years who say, oh man, I listened to an interview with you once and I went to level up and I never looked back, you know? Wow. Yeah. Right. A little, yeah, that's an amazing perspective to think about. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the whole thing is that I think that as performers, we're so busy trying to entertain and trying to sustain something that will allow us, um, you know, to, to live and live comfortably that we kind of forget that no matter what the beast keeps rolling <laughs> and that, you know, it's just, you know, as, as time goes on, we, we mature and we have more that we are giving back. But those kids who, you know, were 10 years old now are going to be the next ones you're going to be seeing in the ring and going, man, sir, I, I looked up to you when I was 10 years old. And dude, when you start getting that stuff coming at you, you're going to think back and go, oh shit, man, <laughs> this is kind of cool. Yeah. Looking forward to those days. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, I really appreciate taking your time, man. Um, and uh, again, I, I encourage everyone, if they haven't seen your work, please check out Jordan's work because um, you're not going to be disappointed. And uh, uh, man, every time you step in the ring, it's, you know, like like you said, I, I look at it through different eyes, you know, take that. I can't find that fan fan eye. And every time I watch what you're doing um, and get a chance to see you, especially live, it's fun to watch the little things that you're starting to do that are just really just up in your game man and um, I'm, I'm very excited to see what the the next few years bring for you and uh you know the, the world's in front of you brother and uh grab it by the reins and and just hold on for that wild ride man. Oh, wow. yeah thank you very much absolutely everyone listening thank you for tuning in and we'll see you guys next time the biggest bad boys of podcasting